Welcome to Theodora Speaks, a podcast series celebrating risk-taking women who have successfully failed forward on their journey to reinvent themselves and follow their dreams. I too am on a reinvention journey and recently made one of the toughest decisions in my life, realizing I can have it all, but not at the same time. In this season of life, I'm pressing pause on my corporate career to pursue a calling to educate, motivate, and inspire others to take their risks in their careers. And I have guests on my podcast who share the same philosophy and mindset too. On today's podcast, I interview Nicole Bolden, a transformational life coach and the co-founder of Thriving with Baby that she co-founded with her husband, and their goal is to help both men and women with postpartum and mental health. I brought Nicole on for the conversation today because of her risk-taking strengths, not only in her career as a social worker, but also in her personal life. During the global pandemic, she and her family put all of their possessions in storage, bought an RV, and started traveling the United States. When all of us sheltered in place, she and her family said, we're going to take life on the road and appreciate nature's beauty and instill that in her children. And why is this conversation important to share? It's important to share because she's she's instilling risk-taking within her family. She's showing her family that time is precious. She's also instilling family values, a solid foundation, an appreciation for nature, and that laughter is the best medicine. So not only is what Nicole does for a living inspiring, but what she does as a wife, mother, partner is also very inspiring. And traveling in an RV with toddlers, I have toddlers right now, really, I felt called to follow her journey because what a risk taker she is. I recently got back from a great trip out west with my husband and two kids. And on the plane ride home, we questioned if we'll ever do it again. Long story short, we absolutely will because there's nothing like traveling. But uh, in the moment in the flight, our eldest started throwing up. And so that was a fun experience. And our youngest water bottle exploded water, her water bottle, and the water went everywhere, not only on us, but on the family behind us. And my takeaway is, yes, that was stressful and I wanted to crawl into a hole. But one, I'm the mom and had to lead by example. And everyone was just so kind, helpful, And I was so gracious for that. No one got stressed out. No one was mad, even though it was a chaotic situation, not only for me and my family, but for everyone around us. But everyone on the flight, the attendants, the people flying, everyone was nice. And so there is good in this world. So as you listen to today's podcast, and I thank you for listening to Theodora Speaks because you have many choices out there. So I sincerely thank you for your time. As you listen today, Listen for the moment when Nicole describes why she was called to social work, her passion for STEM, and also listen for the values that she instills in her family while living in an RV traveling the United States. Welcome, Nicole. It's so great to have you on today's podcast of Theodora Speaks. Thank you for having me. Nicole, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this too. I'm excited to jump into your life's journey, not only your professional life, but your family life and what you're doing with your beautiful family now. Uh, Nicole Bolden from Chicago, Illinois, currently traveling the United States in an RV, which we'll dive into later. You're a transformational life coach. You're also a public speaker, a doula. In today's episode, we're going to cover topics from social work to postpartum life to RV life. But first, a surprise for you. Picture yourself driving down Route 66 from the Midwest to the West Coast. You look up and see the following billboard about yourself. An ambitious Mm. health practitioner that cares deeply about the holistic health and well-being of women. That billboard was brought to us by your sister-in-law, Tiffany Bolden Caffey, a mother and the global head of HR at Golan. And when I asked Tiffany, why did you say those beautiful words about your sister-in-law, Nicole? She said, so much of Nicole's work has been focused on the betterment of women in both mental and physical wellness. 
Isn't that beautiful? It is. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Well, I want to celebrate you today and all the good things you're doing out there in this world. So thank you for all you do. And so, Nicole, from the Peace Corps to school teacher to life coach, social worker, transformational life coach to doula, you're also a wife and mother of two young children. So how? <laughs> you got me over here all emotional. Now I'm like, okay, gather, gather. <laughs> no, take a second. This is good. We want to feel the emotion. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> you want to say anything about that billboard? No, it's just, it's wonderful because being in, you know, mental health for as long as I have been, it's not, you don't always get gratitude, you don't always get the things, and people sometimes don't always see what you do because social workers, we work in the background a lot, and so we don't always get, like, people usually don't even know what I do. You just take kids away, it's like, no, I do so much more than that. A feel-good moment. I'd liken your work to parenthood, right? We don't get the the uh, report card saying we're doing a good job all the time. And so it's, it's nice to hear that from others. So, Nicole, you talk about what transpired you after the birth of your first child. You were a high-functioning professional, quote, unquote. I really liked that's how you described yourself. Were you surviving or thriving? And tell us about your journey of reinvention. Yeah, I... I think I was surviving with glimpses of thriving in those moments. And it's because of those glimpses that I really was aware that I need to shift some things around because I was like, this is not sustainable. This is not the the thriving that I really want. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I did a lot of great work. Like I'm Peace Corps, like who doesn't, I mean, there are people who don't like their Peace Corps experience, but I love that I got to travel the world and just be, a conduit for just love and compassion and inspiring people from work with Salvation Army, working with survivors of trafficking. And it's just, I've seen the glimpses of thriving just in those experiences. But a lot of times it was just a lot of long nights, a lot of care, and I was just surviving, trying to hold on so I don't get burnt out, which is why I started like teaching and speaking because I realized if I did the same thing every single day, that was a setup for getting burnt out because mm-hmm. I did it in schools. You know, it's just like you kind of have your routine in schools. It's, the kids have their days, but you're kind of doing the same thing day in, day out. And it's like feeling a little crispy right now. How can I get it the outlet? How can I mm-hmm. do something different? And I would notice the days, the weeks that I have to do presentations in the classrooms where I switched it up or I, I did something for the teachers or I did something for the district. I was like, all right, I'm alive. Or when I was doing stuff with the human trafficking, when I would go out and teach to the community mm. and I would do something different. I was like, that's where I was thriving mm-hmm. because my impact wasn't just the one-on-one, which I love the one-on-one, but the impact was greater. I could really light someone else's fire. And so that's where I was like, okay, how can I incorporate all of these things so that I can be in the space of thriving more often than not? That's great. And help others do the same. Mm-hmm. And you chose the work of postpartum for not only women, but men too. And I'm going to read this off of you know your description on your website, because I think it's so beautiful and will speak to so many of our listeners today and how you help us. I provide support for the high functioning woman who knows how to get things done in business or for other people, but still feels a bit stuck when it comes to herself. I support the mother who is trying to remember that her name is not mommy. I support the family who may be trying to figure out their new normal with children. I support the family who is trying to navigate not only figuring out parenthood, but also depression and anxiety. After working with me, people will know how to create their personal safe spaces mentally and physically. These safe spaces have helped people release residual trauma, aches, that have been stuck due to the need to protect themselves. And that is just beautiful. You provide a safe haven where people can shed their armor, be themselves, and you can help them elevate themselves to be their best selves. And it came from a place because I, I was doing all these things. I worked with kids. I worked with people to get out of these spaces. And then I found myself in that space myself. And I felt so much shame. I was like, what, how do, why am I here feeling lost? 
I'm just a mom. You know, I'm just a mom. <laughs> I've worked with parents before. Why am I here? And so it kept, it, I went into a place of shame and confusion. And then the anxiety went up because I'm like, this is not my truth. This is not my truth. There was a mental like battle because what I was feeling was not my truth. And then once I became aware of that battle was when I was able to release it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, right. This is probably what a whole lot of other people are going through too these battles that we have with ourselves because we're feeling shame that maybe someone else put on us or shame for ourselves for not being able to jump into motherhood 100% right off the bat once you left left the hospital. Like, why should we know what to do automatically? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't care how many kids you babysat or helped in school. It's still not your own. You're not taking that kid on with you from right. giving birth. <laughs> There's no manual. There's no manual for There's it. No manual. And we all parent differently, but we have the same common theme, right? We all want to love our children, love our families. And so I I commend you for coming out of your shell, Nicole. And on behalf of all mothers out there, thank you. Because, you know, I experienced all that. And why didn't it just click like that when I became a mom? It didn't. It took time. It took trial and error, right? But just like our parents. And sometimes it's nice to get that advice. And having a life coach, having a therapist is a wonderful, wonderful gift that we all can invest in our self-care. Yeah. And sometimes you need a non-biased person where you can vent all that to and not feel judged. Because mm-hmm. yes, we have our family, but sometimes they're not always the safest person because they're going to be like, don't think that way. That's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Versus someone who's unbiased and may have gone through a similar journey and be like, that's real. I feel it. You're not alone. Not alone. Because oftentimes <laughs> we're left to feel alone, right? I, I think society doesn't help us as a whole. And people say, well, you figure it out. You become a parent, you just figure it out. You, you, you learn as you go. Okay, but how do we grow, right? And how do we feel better about ourselves and then and raise beautiful beings too in the process? Yeah. Or you have the people saying, you're a mother. Follow your mother's intuition. He's like, well, I've missed that bucket, I guess. Yes. What is this mother intuition? Like, how do I know when it's here? <laughs> yes, yes. I'd reach out to people when I was a mom at first, and, and God bless them. They'd say, well, just Google it. Just big it. Well, okay, thanks. I can do my reading on my own, but I want to feel that intuition. I want to feel that emotion. I can't get that from reading uh, on the internet. But but thanks. Right. Right. It's like, I can only take so much data and get the results that I want. Like, it's not... I can't put up a spreadsheet. You could try. I've, I've known women who try, but it's still not the same. Mm-hmm. Like you still just like, how do I know I'm doing a good job? Babies don't give you feedback. No. Besides crying, but they cry for everything. So there's no feedback to tell you, you got it, mom. <laughs> That's right. That's why that billboard was so precious today from your sister-in-law, Tiffany, to let you know you got this and you're doing great things out there. So going back to your specialty, the silent struggle of postpartum, postnatal d- depression uh, in men and women. You shared a staggering statistic in one of your speeches that one in five and one in two African-American women struggle. That means that we know more than a handful of people in our personal lives. And one in 10 men, we go through the physical, but, but they go through that emotional ride with us. One in 10 is a very conservative number, too. So I always tell people that you probably know someone who has gone through this, even if you haven't had that open discussion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's an equal opportunity, like, thing. Doesn't matter your class, doesn't matter your job. It has hit everyone. Right, right. And hit everyone hard. And and where do we go when it does that? And your co-founder of your company is your husband. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Cause I in one of my videos I shared like we were we would love HGTV was like our go-to. We would sit in our apartment and just watch it together. And it was probably after like a few months I realized we've been watching HGTV only in the dark. This can't be healthy. <laughs> this is not okay. <laughs> And that's where it's like, oh, we, we need we need a, a life raft somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're both struggling in this. And he realized, too, like, there is no support for men. 
He, he, we were in a major city. He lived in Chicago. He could only find one group out in the suburbs. And it was like boot camp for dads. He's like, I don't want a boot camp. I just want someone to say, hey, this sucks too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marcus was a football player. He knows how to lift weights. So you're the transformational life coach today. But you also have a passion, Nicole, for STEM. Having built your own computer at a young age, tell us what makes you passionate about women in STEM. Because, like, in my studies, because up until grad school, like, I was going to school to be a computer engineer, also pre-law. That was a family thing. My dad just knew I was going to be a lawyer for the family, maybe do some real estate law, and then I can be the computer engineer as well, because we liked both. My dad was an engineer. He's like, you could be an engineer and a lawyer. I ambitions. I love um, it. I love it though. <laughs> World's your oyster. Yes, but like in that time in high school, I was going to all the STEM programs that they all have, like University of Chicago, UIC. They all had a STEM program in the summertime. And what I noticed that the people in those groups were so creative, and we need a creative outlet, no matter what it may be. Like our minds work a little differently in a good way. And so I loved working with women in STEM because it's like your brain works a little different in mm-hmm. a good way. Mm-hmm. Honor that, own that. You can change the world because your brain goes in so many different directions. Yes. It's like, we don't own that. We don't own it at all. So, yes. <laughs> I, I felt myself wanting to a tangent. Bring me back. No, no, um, keep going <laughs> on that tangent because you, you owned... You owned that creativity and your passion and, and changed your trajectory. Yeah, like I'm in a social science right now, but because of my background in STEM, I love to have data. Like I'm not just, yeah, we're talking, but we're, I'm collecting data too so that our time together, you know that you, need, you, you have progress because I know how my brain works. And so I just throw it on everyone else like, Here's a beautiful chart for you to show that you have made progress, even though you feel like you haven't made progress. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sometimes that's different because other some other therapists, they will say, oh, I don't do math. And that hurts my heart. And I'm like, I love math. Mm-hmm. I love math. Give me like all the math you want. So all therapists do not I hate it. math. I love math. I love all things nerdy. Well, you've got, you've <laughs> got to bill your patients to get paid. So you've got to like math. Yes. <laughs> one of many things. One of many things. Of many things. But yes, the whole, like, my message, message to women is still, like, own your superpower. You have such a creative brain. Own that. Mm-hmm. Own it. Right. Don't be ashamed of gift. it. Let it shine. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, Nicole, going back in time, what advice would you give your 20-something self? what I was just saying like own all of you like 20 something me was trying to figure out what's that one box I could fit in mm-hmm. like, you don't have to fit in one box you don't have to be in anybody's box be you and that's your superpowers just be you mm-hmm. it's not saying that you can do xyz or getting this award and that award or making this person happy that's not how you thrive in life. Making other people happy is not where it is. Just be you and trust that that is good enough. Right. Own your uniqueness. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. Nicole. That is it, always good enough. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It makes the world go round, right? If we were all the same, what a boring world this would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Nicole, in your industry, what is the biggest area you are most curious about and why? Hmm. Well, right now, I'm kind of on this kick of decolonizing mental wellness, because in my studies for to be a social worker, there we have all these interventions, we have all these theories. But a lot of those theories weren't tested or based off the unique makeup of our world. It was really catered to one population. In my studies, in my travels, I realized that we can't apply a one-size-fits-all to people when it comes to mental wellness. And so, and what I do, I try to 
use a combination of different interventions and see like how it really works for the unique person. Everyone talks about cognitive behavior therapy, CBT. It's like, that's the holy grail of therapy. But is it really? Does it really work for everyone? And so I'm like, we could take some of that. We could take some of this and apply it to who you are. I'm interested in trying to really create unique therapeutic approaches for our actual true society, how our society looks today, instead of trying to apply a one-size-fits-all for therapies that weren't created to work for people that look like me, or even a working mother. Like, that therapy wasn't made for the way our world looks today. Right. And there's such a stigma, a negative one, around mental health. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with you if you need help. That's not true. That's not true. That's self-care. That's how you better yourself. That's how you get the help you need to not only help yourself, but be a better person for the people you're around as well and love. Yeah. And so I think that's so great that you're destigmatizing it. Yeah. And it's, I always tell people like, you don't have to go see a coach or a therapist when you're in crisis. Like my job isn't just to bring you out of crisis. My job is to really help you figure out how you can thrive to live your highest potential. You can't do that if you're just at the bottom. Like, you can use a coach or a therapist at any moment of your life. This is just if, if you pick the right one, I throw that caveat in there. If you pick the right therapist or coach, mm-hmm. they're a person that's walking your journey with you to help you to be a mirror sometimes, to be that accountability to say, you got this. An unbiased person to say, you got this. And maybe if we work on that, you will definitely have, you know, like, mm-hmm. It's not just for the crises in your life. You can use a therapist or coach at any time. That's a great point. You don't have to be in crisis. Things can be going well. And and how do you maintain that wellness? Or how do you up level if you want to take it up a level? If you want. But yeah, just to maintain that that level of best self. And that one size fits all especially uh, doesn't uh, exist anymore with the pandemic. And how, you know, mental health. Right. People were coming out of the woodwork saying, I need help. And that's that's okay. But it's unfortunate we had to go into a global pandemic for that to happen. Yeah, because we realized those coping mechanisms we were using before may not be as great as we thought they were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Was Was it really helping you cope or was it just helping you push some stuff down so you didn't have to worry about it at that moment? Right. Right, which, which which is sad that it brought us to this. But but out of the ashes come some good things, like corporations, for example. Um, when I worked at Microsoft, yes, they gave maternity and paternity leave, but they also had a pandemic leave on top of that that you could take. And so I had to tap into it because my family needed me during the global pandemic. Our help, um, her family, unfortunately, got COVID. She broke her foot. So we, we didn't have child care. And so it was really great. I felt very blessed that I could tap into that. LinkedIn is offering a week for for mental health during this pandemic. So it's amazing. And I know there's more companies we're not even talking about today offering that. But I think the more people, the more corporations put a positive spotlight on mental health, the better place the world will be. Yeah. And a short, it's not an ad, but just a memo, especially a lot of tech companies, they are partnering with Um, different EAP programs like Modern Health Mm. or Lyra, where you get sometimes 14 and up free sessions for therapy. Utilize that. Sometimes you have to ask about it, but ask about it. Ask your company if they have an EAP Mm -hmm. and get you some services. That way you don't have to feel, this is horrible, but you don't have to pay anything out of pocket so you can at least try it out. Right, right. It's, it's no risk for you. Mm-hmm. Try it out. If your company's giving you 14 free sessions, take it. Yes. Take it. <laughs> yes. And Microsoft also offered that. And I did take that. So I actually talked to a therapist too on just how to be my best self, not only through the pandemic, but in life and as a, as a new mom, you know, working in corporate America for over 20 years, but a mom for, for less than five. And I wish corporations would put a spotlight on that gift that they're giving their employees because they're smart to know the better the employee or the better the person, the better the employee. And so I, mm-hmm. I, I commend the companies that, that realize that. They just, uh, HR needs to put a better spotlight on that. 
So I like that. That's a good, a good call out from today's conversation. (laughs) So Nicole, switching gears to risk taking, what does risk taking mean to you? Mm. For me, it's, so it's a different spin to it. It's doing that thing that your heart is calling you to do, but you have stopped yourself because it didn't fit the box you think you have to stay in. Mm-hmm. So let's take RV life. I love to travel. I love to explore. But I was a little nervous on how to do that with my family. Mm-hmm. But we took the risk. Let's get an RV and let's travel. We can still do this. We can. All we need is the internet. So mm-hmm. we took the risk to travel with our family and do homeschooling and work on the road. That was a huge risk for us. <laughs> Very. We risk people looking like you're an RV. Like, no, we're not homeless. We without a traditional home, but we have a home. That's right. <laughs> and we're traveling the country. And when the world opens back up, we want to travel the world. Like, we're just doing something a little unconventional. Well, you've got the love to make it a home wherever you go. I've loved watching your journey on social media this past almost year now of you traveling with your family. It's just been such a gift to me to experience that through youth. And when you think about taking your risks, what tools have helped you take your risks in life? So the, I always have to do a pros and cons. I do do a pros and cons list in my head and be like, okay, what's the worst case scenario? And if the worst case scenario ever comes down to what people would think of me, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna take that leap. I can't let what other people think about me mm-hmm. stop me from living my life. And then I looked at the pros. My kids don't have to. We were renting an apartment at the pandemic time, an apartment that didn't have a balcony, didn't have a yard. So I'm like, okay, if we stay here, my kids are going to literally write on the wall and try to scratch their eyes out. Is that really healthy for them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that healthy for us? Yeah. And so it's just like really going through the pros and cons and saying, what's the worst case scenario? What is the fear that's holding me back right now? And really talk to that fear and say like, does that, am I going to let this stop me? Mm-hmm. Am I really going to let other people's opinions stop me from living a lifestyle that I've dreamed about? And you didn't. And you took that leap. And I bet your family's loving that decision a year later. They probably don't want to come back. <laughs> We we decided we're gonna come back to Chicago for a quarter, at least once once a quarter one quarter we'll come back to Chicago. So at least three months out of the year we'll be in Chicago. I love it, <laughs> and I'm hoping that you inspire some listeners today listening that yeah, take your risk, take your leap. It's now or never, right? Your kids are only a little for so long. You want to keep your sanity as parents, and the U.S. has great natural parks, everything to see. I love to connect with energy, the energy in nature. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. And me being a typical city girl, no, I should say typical, but me being a city girl from Chicago, I didn't even know. I knew there were national parks. I didn't realize there were national forests and just all these other types of preserves out there. I was mind blown the first time we drove through a national forest. I was like, I didn't know this existed. Mm-hmm. This is beautiful. What is this yeah. it's just like you think you know the country that you live in but I had no idea what all was out there like we have so much to explore in this country and it, it's made me a little more grateful to be an American I, lo- I love the delay the, the lay mm-hmm. the of the land yeah yes it's wonderful <laughs> to a whole another conversation we could have <laughs> oh, like ooh. I like it. But the lay of the land. I love the things we have access to. Yes. Yes. Basically, well, literally in your backyard in your RV, right? But it's great to travel the world and go to Asia and Europe, for example. But I think we as Americans, we forget in our own backyard, there there is beauty. There is things to sightsee and see and be a tourist in your own country. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Right now I have like desert land and then I have a mountain with snow-capped peaks it. I was like, whoa, like literally I go this way and I look this way and it's two different landscapes and it's just, whoa. Right. And I bet you're in on calls. People are like, oh, I really like your backdrop today. How did you choose that for your Zoom call? I said, no, I didn't choose it. 
it's, my, it's literally my backdrop this week. And not a lot of people would take the risk that you did. And so I, I keep going back to how much I commend you and, and admire you and your family for doing that for yourselves, for your kids. It's good for the mental health and the soul. Yeah, I mean, it's hard work in the beginning because it's a learning curve. No, we weren't experienced weekenders. We had never stepped foot in an RV until we took this trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's amazing. And and you told me you bought it right before sales skyrocketed for the RV corporations? Oh, mm-hmm. We purchased the RV one week before everyone else started trying to purchase the RV. And there was a shortage and the prices had skyrocketed. Like, if I was to resell this RV today, we could probably make a good profit off it. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> Because we bought it at the right time. So, Nicole, we'll dive into the RV life in a, in a little bit here. But um, as we wrap the conversation on the risk-taking, traditionally, in your opinion, Nicole, why are women risk-averse? Because, so a term that's been thrown around a lot in a pandemic is that mental load. We're all carrying so much responsibility in our head, responsibility for this person and that person, How the whole picture. We're always carrying the whole picture in our head. And so if you are carrying that load, you're less likely to take a risk because you see how that domino can hit that domino and that domino is like, ooh, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to do that. So we're not as likely to take risks because we are carrying the whole picture. And for some reason, we feel like we're responsible for keeping that picture looking a certain way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're less likely to try to shake it up. Right. Yeah. I, the experience that I've felt personally and just other women I've talked to, you know, if, if the boat's afloat, why rock it? Why rearrange the deck chairs? Right. And in that fear of the unknown. But are you thriving or surviving in that current situation? So maybe it's good to rock the boat a little bit to better yourself. Yeah. And why are we so... Why do we feel like we have to be the ones holding, keeping that picture looking a certain way by ourselves? We have taken that on as our sole responsibility. Everyone else can take a risk, but we'll be there to pick up the pieces and put the picture back together. Right. Why do we feel like we have to have that responsibility? Who is that serving? No one. Who's that serving? Like, right. And we don't even ask ourselves that, like, what are we trying to protect here? Mm hmm. Why? And if we keep giving, right, people will keep taking. So I think that's very well said. We need to share that burden and that weight of responsibility. Because the mental load. it It doesn't help anyone to become a martyr. Like, we don't have to fall into this space of self sacrifice. Like, no one, no one's asking us to do that. And if they are asking you to do that, you can say no. Mm hmm. Right. You don't have to be the martyr all the time. No, I love that. I wish more people would hear that. <laughs> because, yeah, we're not winning awards for running ourselves ragged. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to stop investing in the eye cream for less puffiness, right? <laughs> one day, less stress. It's just like the one thing, I say this to women all the time, and this is no bash to men, but... The reality is when a woman steps up and steps into their power, we change entire communities. Let's step into that power. Like we are so much more powerful than just keeping the household together. We bring whole communities together. Us as women, men can do it too. Yes, this is Mm -hmm. not man bashing. But what I've seen that women really bring communities together. And so let's stop dimming that power. Right. Like don't just don't just say you have to keep your house together. You can change the world. Like really, mm-hmm. don't self-sacrifice anymore because you're worth so much more than that. I agree. And our empathy can help change the world. We still need men in our court. We still need to work well with them, right? In the household, right? As well as in, in organizations, corporations, companies. It's still so important yeah. to have men with us, right? And, and, and all you know, ethnic and diverse backgrounds as well, right? While we're on that topic, it's so important. But we, we do need to support the females to help us shine. And not only you know, in corporations, but at home. And how we shine is, is having balance, some self-care, 
being able to follow our careers if we so wish or we're lucky enough to, right? That's really yeah. important. And if, if you're questioning that, it's just a little, this is, I have no stock in Undercover Billionaire, but Marcus and I were watching Undercover Billionaire right now for some reason. And it's three billionaires, is Grant Cardone, Elaine Pulati, and then Monique. Like it's two women and one man. Mm-hmm. And I have, I noticed the difference that, you know, Grant Cardone, he's all to next, go bigger, go bigger. And he did a little bit, he didn't really do a lot to get to know the community that he was in. But then you had the two ladies, they were still have the same goal of building a, a million dollar business, but they utilized the community a little more. Mm. They really tried to give back to the communities that they were in. And so it's just like, if you question the power of a woman, just take a look at this random TV show. You will see the difference in the mm-hmm. way a woman builds in a way that a man builds. Nothing's wrong with the way a man builds, but you will notice the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And to have both right out there is, is great diversity coming from both successes, like you just said. Mm-hmm. So in a prior conversation we had, Nicole, we touched upon balance. Share with the audience, if you will, why balance is such a myth. There's so much going on in our society today. There is no way you can equally distribute all of our tasks to have this magical balance. The reality is priorities. What season of priorities are you in right now? Mm. And then where do you fit in that priority list? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so for the, the CEO mom, the corporate, the entrepreneur mom, there's going to be some seasons where you may miss a basketball game or two. But that doesn't make you a horrible mom. Mm-hmm. It was balanced. And that in that season, you knew that you, the legacy that you're trying to build was okay for missing one or two games. Don't miss all the games, but one or two games are it's okay. Prepare the children ahead of time. May have to miss this one, but I'll be there for the next three mm-hmm. because I'm trying to build this legacy, helping the kids see the great the bigger picture. Right. The priorities. Today, I need to take a nap. Mm-hmm. And you may get a little bit of screen time today because mommy's tired. Balancing the priorities in that moment. I can't be a good mom if I'm running off just caffeine. Right. You know, just because all the studies say whatever about screen time. If you need to sleep, take the sleep. Give them a little uh, educational show. <laughs> right, exactly. And mommy Do Omizumi. Gets... Omizumi is a good STEM cartoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, little Daniel Tiger. There's lessons learned there. Daniel Tiger. But it's just understanding what season you're in and what needs to be prioritized in that. I love That's that. That's what it is, priorities. I love that answer, Nicole. And seasons of life really reign true to me, especially when I became a working mom. I said, ah, oh, this is just a season. This too shall pass, right? There's four seasons in a year four quarters in a year, right? For a reason, there's change in there. And how, how well can we adapt to that change? And so when we think about your season of life, as we transition to the next topic, when life gives you lemons, buy an RV and travel. <laughs> so as we transition here, Nicole, imagine yourself traveling from Oregon to California in your RV. You look up and see the following billboard about yourself. Nicole is ambitious, insightful, with a warm-hearted personality. That billboard was created by your loving husband, Marcus, the co-founder and family support specialist at Thriving with Baby. And when I asked Mm -hmm. Marcus, why this billboard for Nicole? He said in his own words, I wrote these words because people are so easily drawn into Nicole's willingness to listen, give advice, and show them how to take action. People feel so safe around her. There have been countless amounts of times where I've witnessed random strangers, friends, and family approach Nicole, and she was able to help them get the resources they need. She's literally a walking encyclopedia for the mental health space. How did your hubby do? (laughs) He did well. have to give him an extra hug today. <laughs> yes. Yes, you should. You should. But again, this is celebrating you and the great work you're doing. And especially in your space, you don't get a lot of that boys and great job and 
A plus, right? This is what I liked about your coaching today, right? No, you don't get that because you're giving that and you give, give, give. So we wanted to give you something today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and going back to your website, you mentioned your personal beliefs. And in your own words, you wrote, I believe no one should have to travel through the valley of mental health alone. With the right support, people can come out the other side as the next best version of, their, of themselves. And I love that so much. And speaking of traveling through the valley during the start of the global pandemic, you uprooted your life, as you mentioned, for your family to travel to the United States. You put all of your belongings into storage, loaded up your RV. Like I mentioned, I loved following your journey on social media. I had no idea why I was so drawn. And then I just started thinking, well, we're all in this shutdown. And, and there are Marcus and, and Nicole out there. They're beautiful children traveling the world. And so I started following you. I'm, I'm just elated that you're here today. So take us back, Nicole, to the moments and discussions with your husband that helped you decide to take the unconventional risk on living and thriving on the road. Yeah. It couldn't have been so, easy. <laughs> it, was a, it was a long, we discussed this for months and months at a time. Um, like originally it was the world school and we had planned to start our our adventures in Mexico. Thanks to our lovely pandemic, that was not possible. And we we were just thinking like, what is what are we trying to instill in our kids? What are we trying to, who, what's the environment we're trying to create for our family? Mm-hmm. Like we, um, we talk about family mission statement all the time. And, and your family mission statement is like, where do you see your family in the next five years, 10 years? And so like in having those conversations, we're just like, this makes sense for the vision we have for our family, the mission that we have for our family. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we want, when people see our family to see the love, to see, to see our adventure, to see that we are safe, like not that we're safe, but we are a family that is loving and want to give back to our community and that we, that we're just living the love of God, you know, mm-hmm. like we, yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. like a lot of people, you know, who are Christians and they, they would cross the ties to you, but we don't want to have to share our values through words. We want to, we want you to be able to see it mm-hmm. through our actions and just, yeah, we want to be a walking billboard for our love and our values instead of just having to convince you with words. Mm-hmm. Well said, well said. And did you and Marcus make a pros cons list? And if so, what were some of the cons that kept you from traveling? Where you talked months and months, right, to make this decision? Well, you know, first it was just like, is this going to be more expensive? Um, can we do this? How are we going to work? Um, it was more of the frivolous things that came up as cons, you know, just like. Mm-hmm. Good. Because it's you can budget anything as long as you take the time. Like I don't know why a lot of times we look at finances as a barrier. I mean, yes, sometimes finances is a real barrier. If you can't put food in your refrigerator, that's a different conversation versus oh, if we just budget properly, we can make this work. <laughs> right. It goes back to your priorities comment. Right. What are we prioritizing right now? Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of financial stuff. And then it came down to what would people say? And then again, it was like, mm. are we really going to base our life off what other people are thinking or saying to us mm-hmm. or about us? No, that's not something that we're trying to instill in our kids where you have to change your whole life based off what other people may say or think about you. Right. Um, and how would this impact our family? Like, can we live in this same space together <laughs> without killing each other? Mm-hmm. And it was like, wait, we're not in the RV just to be in the RV. We're in the RV so that we can explore our surroundings. Right. You've got the great outdoors in your backyard. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love and so, it. again, changing the priority. The priority is like being able to get to spaces where we can explore outside, not spaces where we have to be stuck in our RV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only maybe if it's raining, inclement weather. 
If it's raining, yeah. That's the only exception. <laughs> Otherwise, you're out there. Although, although Marcus and the girls have hiked when it was raining before. Oh. We're in, in, in the Seattle area. It was raining a lot. Oh, good. <laughs> Just put on those rain boots and go. Yep. So, Nicole, what have been a few of the highlights of the RV life this past year? One, my kids, I feel like they have they have a different passion of exploring now. I feel like they've learned so much being on the road. You know, I, I hear my, my four-year-old talking about all sorts of animals. And I'm like, I never even knew about some of these things when I was her age. And just talking, one of our favorite places, the Tetons, have her hear my four-year-old talk about, oh, I'm excited to go back to the Tetons. I never knew the Tetons existed until I was an adult. But to hear my four-year-old talk about all these different places and knowing what a cactus is and this animal roadrunner is and just the way their brains are exploding has just been amazing. They understand nature's beauty and the difference between the Grand Tetons and the cacti and the rain in Seattle all have their beauty and their purpose, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, my goodness. It's just... They have experienced so much more than I have that I never knew at their age. Yeah. And I'm just like, yes, this is why we're doing this. That's beautiful. And as a mother, Nicole, what's been the biggest aha moment in this past year on the road for you? I knew this before, but it was really solidified with this trip is that kids really don't care about things as much as we think they do the time together really is what the kids want like Mm -hmm. my kids are happier for hiking or if we're watching sitting on the couch together watching the miraculous ladybug you know watching a little show together Mm -hmm. they just love the time together just to cuddle and just listen to them and laugh with them right laughing with your kids is very important that's more important than what you can what material things you can give them Mm mm-hmm I love that. Time is precious. And laughter is the best medicine. You have to learn to not only tell good jokes, but to laugh at yourself as well. Yeah. So as we wrap, Nicole, what is the best compliment you ever received? And why has it stuck with you? Mm. I'm positive because I've never actually thought about that. <laughs> I've I've never actually thought about that. Um, I mean, if you ask me right now, but I, I like hearing the quote that she shared from from Tiffany is actually is heavy is is lighting me up today because it's. Sometimes you don't expect the compliments from family because they're your family. And, mm-hmm. you know, they say nice things was like you're supposed to say nice things, I guess. And so like hearing, hearing that is actually when a big compliment, like hearing something from your family. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's great. <laughs> and, and I'll share with you. I reached out to Tiffany out of the blue and asked and oh my gosh, it wasn't even an hour that she turned that around, Nicole. So that's from her heart. She didn't have to give that any thought. I didn't even know she did it. It's like, yeah. it's like wow, wow. That, I mean, that's a huge compliment, you know, the, when your family can see it too. Another great woman out there. So the last question for you, what is next for Nicole Bolden? Well, we're trying to um, expand Thriving with Baby to a bigger corporation. We, we're now an escort called Dash Health. And we're going to really put out some trainings for people and um, try to acknowledge the gap that's there for accessibility because people now want coaches and therapists and there's waiting lists. Mm. And so just trying to find a co- create a course called The Waiting Room, really just expand our reach in a different way and just really try to disrupt the, the industry a little bit so that we can fill in some of those gaps that exist. That's great. And maybe take some of your journeys of RV life and incorporate that in as you, as you rattle the cages for good. 
Yes, you know, as the world starts to open up again, we would like to do some destination stuff, like not just conferences, but like little pop-up groups, you know, like, hey, pop up, here's a group in this location and then train a leader so that, that so the group can be sustainable without us. Mm-hmm. So really just training leaders to have these groups everywhere who have a similar mindset to disrupt the industry like we want to disrupt it. So we want to multiply ourselves yes. in a way. <laughs> and my eyes get big with hope to hear this because, you know, if taco trucks became famous, you can make pop-up for mental health famous. Ooh, I love yes. that, Nicole. Well, I want to thank you for sharing your day and your time with us today. And I encourage our listeners to help uh, with Nicola Marcus's disruption of, you know, erasing the stigmas of mental health. Mental health is for health self-care and check out thrivingwithbaby.com. Nicole, thank you. Best luck, best of luck to you and safe travels. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a blast. Thank you for spending time with Nicole Bolden and myself today on Theodora Speaks. A special shout out to Nicole for her time. Shout out to you as our listeners. And a thank you to New Voice Studios for recording and producing today's podcast. There were three key takeaways from the great conversation we just had with Nicole. The takeaways I took are one, the balance scale is not 50-50. Balance is about your priorities and managing them through the many seasons of life. Each day, each season of life, the balance scale will look different, as will the priorities at that time. Number two, mental loads shouldn't be a woman's responsibility. As women, we need to share the mental load responsibility with our partners at home and our teammates in the office. And lastly, take your risk. Confront the fear that's holding you back, make a pros and cons list, and take your leap into the unknown. Thank you for joining me today. I encourage you to visit me at gailkeller.org. I offer advisory sessions as well as course offerings on how to prepare you to be a risk taker and face your fears with educational curriculum focused on instilling the values of courage, decisiveness, confidence, assertiveness, and balance. I can help you successfully reboot by teaching you how to gracefully fail forward without the crash and burn. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.